Lord, we thank you this afternoon. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for everything you have done in our life. We thank you, Lord. We love you as we listen to your word this afternoon, Lord. I pray that every one of us can experience your love. We need your love in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Please be seated. So, two weeks, two weeks ago, William has shared uh, John chapter 3, verse 1 to 13. This is about the conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. And this is the most famous conversation in the Bible. Nicodemus is a Pharisee. He often gathered with other leaders, discuss all about reaching God, pleasing God, and appeasing God. When Nicodemus came to Jesus at night, he said, Rabbi, we know that you are the teacher. We know, he said, that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the sign you are doing if God were not with him. We know. He came to Jesus by himself, but he said we. He represent Pharisee or the religious teacher or the religious leader. We are elite. We are authoritative leaders. We are so proud of who we are. This is Nicodemus. So he said to Jesus, your works impresses me. But he did not admit that doesn't make sense to him. And uh, Jesus said, Jesus did not answer, but Jesus implied, uh, uh, give a statement or proclamation, unless you are born again, you can see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said, how come? How can be born again? I'm so old. How can I went to my mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus said, unless one is born of spirit and water, he will not enter the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus think what we can do, what we can do, what we can do to gain God's favor to enter the kingdom of God. And this is the difference between religion and Christianity. Christianity is not a work religion. You cannot do anything to enter the kingdom of God. Or you will not change anything to enter the kingdom of God. This is the work of the Spirit. And Jesus confronted Nicodemus for his ignorance because Jesus knew Nicodemus' problem was not ignorance but his unbelief. 
because Demos should have known the scripture because the scripture promised that Jesus would bring the new work of the spirit. And uh, verse 13, Jesus continued revealing his heavenly authority. Now, verse 14 to 21. I read uh, the verse. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only and one, uh, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believe in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness. Instead of life, instead of light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth come into the light so that it might be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. So, verse 14, Jesus referred to a famous incident in the Old Testament for the people in Nicodemus' time. Moses lifted up the bronze snake in the wilderness. One time, the Israelites rebelled against God. So God sent poisonous snakes into the, the wilderness, and uh, this snake killed a lot of Israelites. And as response, as usual, the Israelites repented. And then God commanded Moses to make a bronze snake and to put in the pole and to rise it up so that everyone who believes and see the snake lived and saved. Jesus used this illustration because he wanted to teach Nicodemus this is God's way of teaching the Israelites, that healing and salvation come through trusting in God and looking at the one who has lifted up. Jesus used this illustration of his own lifting up on the cross. Jesus was predicting his death on the cross. Lifted up means Jesus' exaltation on the cross. Jesus is teaching Nicodemus about the power of the Spirit, not about what he can do, about the power of the Spirit, which is given to those who believe in Jesus. At the cross and through faith in Jesus, as we look at him when we believe, we may have 
eternal life in him. That is verse 15. So, here, Jesus refers to salvation and gospel of new birth, which William has explained two weeks ago. And the heart of this story lies in God's promise. When they believe, they will be cured, not about the bronze snake, because the Israelites, they worshipped the bronze snake for hundreds of years until King Hezekiah destroyed the bronze snake. This is about God's promise. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. As I prepare this sermon, I remember my childhood when I was in primary school. My father used to teach me Mandarin through the Bible. How can I read and write Mandarin through the Bible? And when we learned about the John 3.16, he asked me to write on the blackboard in Chinese, in Mandarin, John 3.16. And every morning he woke up, he would check if I spell, uh, if I write the right Chinese and read the right one. So, and this verse anyhow become my foundation in life. When I leave Indonesia and I study in Germany, I live by myself in my city and my sister live in another city. So I always remember this verse. For God so loved me, he gave his one and only son for me. When I believe, I will not perish, but I have eternal life. I hope that every one of us, after this service, we remember John 3.16. So when I have difficulty in my study, when I went back from uni at night, when I have difficulty in my finances, I always remember, for God so loved me. He gave his only son to me. When I believe, I will not perish. And perish meant anything for me that bad happened in my life, that perish. And if I believe, I will live. And I thank God for my parents. And Today, with this verse, God gives prescription for human's heart. This is very important verse. Uh, every verse in the Bible, I mean, is important. But this one is easy to remember and very important. The verse begins with God. For God so loved the world, God, and end when we believe we will not perish, but we will have eternal life. And ends, this verse ends with life or live. He loves, he gives. We believe and we live. So God loves. God so loved the world. And 
from the Greek translation. So love, that means God's love is so great, is incredible, is beyond our own understanding. Paul says in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 5, because of the great love of God, God's love is so great. God is telling us that the love of God is so great that goes beyond our own understanding. The Bible not only say that God's love is great, but God's love is infinite. So we cannot limit God's love. And Paul say in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18 to 19, Paul say that his prayer for Christians is that they may grasp how wide, how long the love of God is. And how high and how deep the love of God that surpasses our knowledge. So now how can we com comprehend the infinite love of God? We can know it because I heard a lot of testimony that someone touched by God's love. We can experience God's love, but what we experience, that is only parts of God's love, not all. So the Bible also tells us that God's love is unchangeable. God loves us in such a way that nothing we have done or will ever do would alter it or would change it. In the Bible, there is story of Hosea and his unfaithful wife, Gomer. You can uh, read Hosea chapter 1 to 3. Hosea was a preacher. And one day, the Lord or God came to him and said, Hosea, I want you to marry a woman who is, to, who is going to prove unfaithful to you. I believe if God said to us today, we won't do that. So, and uh, God said, you are going to love her and she is going to turn from your love. However, the more faithless she becomes, the more loving and caring you will be. Wow. Because I want you, uh, I want you to do this because I want to give Israel an illustration out of how I love them. In your marriage, you will play God and the woman will play Israelites. For I love Israel even she runs for me and takes other gods for lover. Hosea married Gomer and they have three children together. And the time came as God had told Hosea, Gomer was unfaithful and he left and she left Hosea alone. She lived with another man who did not care for her. And Gomer was hungry 
of one time. And God told Hosea, now I want you to go and see that Gomer gets what she needs. And Hosea bought some grocery and sent it to the man and Gomer. But Gomer had not acknowledged that Hosea was the one was the one who gave her the food. I give you an example. A young Christian who spent a lot of time to serve God, to stay in the church. But one day, he was disappointed with the church, with the community, with his business partner. And then he left the church. He said, I don't want waste my time in the church. I rather pursue my career and my business. But this young man did not realize as Gomer did. He did not realize that his talent and his capability to do business and to pursue his career, that's a gift of God. As Gomer did not acknowledge that Hosea was the one who gave her the food. And finally, Gomer was sold as a slave in the city of Jerusalem. And God told Hosea again, go and see Gomer and buy her. Hosea, uh, at that time, slave was sold naked, no clothes. And every man can bid freely. And the bidding went higher and higher. And at the end, Hosea bought Gomer for 15 shekels of silver and some barley. And, and then Hosea Gomer. Then Hosea told to Gomer, you can read in Hosea chapter 3, verse 1 to 3, you are to live with me. You must not be a prostitute anymore. And I will live with you. This is the picture of the greatness of God's love. Us. His love is infinite and his love is unchangeable. God loves you and me like that. We are the slave sold under the bondage of sin. Jesus Christ bought us, redeemed us with his blood, and clothed us with his righteousness. So the second part, God gave. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God loved and God gave. God's love is a giving love. God's is a giving love. God, how much does God love you? 
God loves us so that he gives his only son to us. This is a selfless and a self-sacrifice love of Jesus Christ. Christ is the greatest gift. He was crucified for us so that we have fellowship with God. We come to know God and love God. In another translation, one and only son translated as one uh, as uh, only begotten son. That is, that's mean the unique son of God. The Bible say no one like Jesus or like him. Uh, Jesus was not created in God's image as human. We are created, created in God's image by God. But Jesus is an, a God incarnate. So when God gave Jesus, he gave himself. To give oneself is the greatest gift. Anyone can give. For those who are married, all married couple fight. Don't surprise. One, one day, a husband spoke out of his frustration. He said to his wife, I work so hard. I have given you a new home. I have given you a new car. I have given you a new coat. I have given you many diamond rings. I have given you everything you want. So the wife cried and said, that is true. You have given me everything but yourself. The greatest gift anyone can give is himself or herself. Jesus Christ is God's greatest, greatest gift because God has planned to give Jesus from the beginning, from before the foundation of this world. We must not think that the, the entrance of sin into the world through Adam and Eve was an event that surprised God and caused God to think now what we should do to correct it. God knew all from the beginning before the creation of universe, universe because he, before he created us, he had determined to send Jesus for the salvation of human race. Now, we ask, how can we receive the gift of God? Now we ask, how can we receive Jesus as our Savior? You know the story about Abraham and Sarah. God promised Abraham to give him a son through Sarah, his wife. Until 100 years old, uh, Sarah born Isaac for Abraham. It's an old age. One day, as we understand, 
of course, Abraham loved Isaac more than anything. One day God tested Abraham's faith. And God asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. When Abraham wanted to kill Isaac, God said, stop. And he provided Abraham with a ram for the sacrifice. Abraham's triumph was that he did not put the gift before the giver. And Isaac can stand for anything that we have and become precious to, her, to us. Anything we have or anything we believe that is precious to us. The Chinese evangelist Watts Money once wrote, Isaac represents many gifts of God's grace. Before God gives them, our hands are empty. Afterwards, they are full. Sometimes God reaches out his hand to take ours in fellowship. Then we need to empty our hand to put into his hand. But when we have received his gift and are nursing them to ourselves, our hands are full. We need to let go the gift that take hold of God himself. And me said, Watchman Day at the end said, Isaac can be done without, but God is eternal. We can live without God's gift, but we cannot live without God because, because God is eternal. If we have God, of course, we have God's gift. The next one, the last one, we believe to all who believe that may live. The word, our response, we must believe that Jesus Christ is the greatest of God's gift because Jesus is perfectly suited for the need of fallen man. As fallen men, we need the knowledge of God and a savior. John used the word believe eight times in his three chapter John first three to first uh, John first one to first three, and he used the word belief or faith uh, in the same way in uh, ninety eight times in his twenty one chapter of John's gospel. That is the most uh, the most word you can find belief or faith in the Bible that is in John's gospel. So, as human, we have a confusion of the meaning of faith today. Because we apply it to people and most people are not reliable. So what we need to believe, we need to believe that we are sinner. We need to believe that we are sinner. We are not perfect. And God is holy and perfect. 
Since God cannot tolerate sin, we must admit that we deserve to be separated from him. For this reason, we need a savior. We need to admit that we are sinner, and I need Jesus as my savior. Secondly, what we need to believe. We need to believe that God loves us in spite of our sin. That he sent Jesus to remove that sin and to make us perfect. We need to believe that God loves us in spite of our sin. God wants us to believe that he did this in order that we might not perish, but rather enter into his eternal life. So verse 18 to 21. Whoever, verse 18, uh, verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned. We associate always punishment with crime. That's why a lot of people don't like this teaching. We would argue, I have done nothing wrong. I love people. I have always give my money to the charity. I don't need Jesus because I have done a good thing in my life. Long before the universe and human were created, men have been separated. So first 17 said, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world. From God's perspective, we have gone our own way. Human has chosen her own way. As the Bible said, God's will and our will like heaven and earth. We always do the opposite to God's way. And Roman uh, chapter three, verse 10 to 11, it says, no one righteous, not even one of us seek God. Isaiah 53, verse 6, we all like a sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. So, verse 18, that is like the, when Moses lifted up the bronze snake in the wilderness. When people did not, the Israelites did not believe, of course, they will die. So when, we, when Jesus lifted up on the cross, if we do not believe, our condemnation remains. Unless we look to the one who was condemned for us, the Lord Jesus Christ, our, our condemnation remains. If we believe in him, then we are not condemned, but instead have eternal life, life now and life forever with Jesus. Verse 19, the verdict, light or Jesus has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. This is our human condition. Our sin caused us to have evil desire. We are attracted to hiding, 
to being in dark away from the light. We, verse 20 said, we will not come to the light for fear that our deeds will be exposed. Verse 21, but when we live by the truth that we come, then we come into the light so that it may be seen that what is done is done through God. If we can accept the truth and we can apply the truth in our life, that's because God's work in us. So when Nicodemus came to Jesus at that night, Nicodemus actually asked Jesus a question. Who are you? Why are you doing what you are doing? When Jesus answered, he shined his light into the darkness. And the only question is whether Nicodemus will come into the light by believing that Jesus is the one that God sent to take his punishment for him. And this is our question this morning, this afternoon, I mean. Will we come into the light? Will we leave the darkness? Will we look on him who is lifted up, the son of God, Jesus, so we find salvation through faith in Jesus. So I have a little story. When uh, I studied in Germany, we used to go to Reinhard Bonke's uh, uh, revival meeting. Reinhard Bonke, he has passed away. He was a German and he was an evangelist in Africa. Every time he went back to Germany, he held a small revival meeting. And one night, he told a story. As usual, Reinhard Bonke would uh, stood on the exit door and shook hand to everyone. At one point, God speak, uh, spoke to Reinhard Bonke. You speak to that lady, to that young lady. And then Reinhard Bonke called the young lady aside and told her, the Lord said, you have to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior tonight. And this young lady cried and said to Reinhard Bonke, I'm sorry, I cannot receive Jesus as my Savior because my boyfriend is not a Christian. And then this young lady went away. Few days or few weeks later, Reinhard Bunker saw in the paper the picture of this young lady. She got killed in the accident. This morning, this afternoon, when God touched your heart, and you decide to receive Jesus as your personal Savior, please do this. Do not delay because we don't know what
so you can approach any one of us. We will lead you to know Jesus. Thank you. God bless you.